that time of year again, and we're all preparing to celebrate the 4th of July this coming Tuesday, and this word just keeps ringing and ringing and ringing in our minds, that word freedom, which is deep in our experience as Americans. It's ingrained in us as we're growing up. We learn about what freedom is, what type of freedom we have, how we get it, why we have it, all these different things. But I bet none of us really stop to wonder and ask ourselves what freedom actually does mean. Because here in 21st century United States of America, our experience of freedom is when I get what I want, then I'm free. I experience freedom when I receive what I want, when I do what I want, when I can say what I want. Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of all these different things. And that's one way that we can look at freedom, but it's so, so, so incomplete. The reason I bring this up is because Jesus has a whole lot of stuff in the gospel this Sunday that provokes us in a good way because it makes you think. Anyone who loves your mother or your father more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love your son or your daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you're not willing to take up your cross and follow after me, you're also not worthy of me. What are you talking about, Lord? My mother and my father, my children, are they not your gift to me? Don't you talk about this importance of family and marriage and all these things, so why can't I love them as much as you? Why would that make me unworthy of you? Are you really that jealous? But to really understand what the Lord is getting at, we have to understand what true freedom actually is, and that's being free to receive the gift of love and mercy and compassion that the Lord wants to give us. To be free enough to receive it without any hindrance, even good things that could hinder it. I'll put it to you this way. For those of you who have been married before, maybe you're engaged and will soon be going through marriage prep or pre-cana or whatever, typical parish or a priest or deacon is going to put you through when it go, comes to that preparation process, the very first meeting that you have with the priest or the deacon, you're going to feel like you're being interrogated. You're going to be asked all these very pointed questions. Is anybody pressuring you to marry this other person? Have you married anyone before, even civilly, common law marriage, drunken stupor in Vegas, anything whatsoever? Because certain things do hinder you from being actually free to marry. And if you're not free to marry, you don't receive that sacrament. You have to be free in order to receive something. So this idea of freedom really comes into play when Jesus is talking about if you love any of these good things more than me, then you're not worthy of me. Why? Because you're really not free to love me. All of these things are good our parents, our children, our siblings, although some people might argue with that, our co-workers, our loved ones, our friends, all of these people in and of themselves are good. They are a gift from God Almighty. But if we put them above the Lord, then we're not worthy of the Lord because we're not allowing ourselves to be free enough to receive that gift to the fullest potential. To put it kind of crudely, people are only here temporarily. I'm sorry to burst anybody's bubble, but you're going to die one day. Life is temporary here on earth. Now there's eternal life in heaven. The soul lives on. The soul lives on with the one who never was beginning. There was no beginning to God. And there will be no end to him. He's eternal. He's everlasting. And he created our soul to be immortal so that we could be with him for eternity. That is not to say that we don't like the gifts that God gives us to point us that direction. 
Because what the church says freedom actually is, is that human freedom is a force for growth and maturity in truth and in goodness. Growth in truth and growth in goodness. It attains its perfection when it is directed toward God. Not directed toward ourselves, not directed toward our loved ones, not directed to anything but the Lord. So the question becomes not so much of, do I love this person more than Jesus, or as much as Jesus, or less of Jesus? It's not quantifying our love. It's really asking the question, how can I free myself more to love the Lord through these people, through these gifts? Think of the context of what you're doing right in this very moment. In Christ the King Church, on LSU's campus, with the community of believers around you, something brings you back week after week after week. What is it? There's only one right answer. Now, as your pastor, I hope that you at least like me a little bit. But I can't be the reason that you come back every Sunday. If I do say so myself, we are very spoiled by having one of the best music programs in any church in the diocese, but the music cannot be the only thing that brings you back every Sunday. The community of believers cannot be the only thing that brings you back every Sunday. I don't care how much you like and love the people around you. I hope that you do, but they can't be the reason. Even if it were only you and the priest, Mass would still take place. Mass has to be the reason. The Eucharist has to be the reason. Because the Eucharist is our Lord. He has to be the one who brings us back again and again. The priest, the music, the community, the scriptures, everything else is good. And we should love those things, but they should all point us to the greatest good, which is God. That, brothers and sisters, is what freedom truly is. To be free enough to receive all of those gifts to point us more to the one from whom they come. When we see it in that way, then Jesus doesn't sound so harsh. When he says, no, don't love your parents more than me. Don't love your children more than me. Be willing to pick up your cross and come after me. All of these different things he says is just a greater invitation to freedom. But that question relies for you and for you alone to answer. It's not a subjective thing, oh, you do you, you find your own truth. But what do you in your own life need to do to allow yourself to be freer, to be more free and open to receive that love and that providence from the Lord in order to return it to Him? That's a question, and I feel like I say that every Sunday. That's a question that only you can answer because only you can have the relationship with Jesus Christ that He calls you to have. It shouldn't look like mine or your neighbor's or your spouse or your children. It should look like the relationship that the Lord invites you into. That, again, is freedom because it's growth in goodness and in truth. And it finds its perfection in the Almighty, in the divine, in God. So what hinders you from being free? It's good to think about that to contemplate it, to pray with it, to celebrate it this week, blowing up the sky with fireworks and everything else. That's a celebration of a certain type of freedom, but it is a very limited type of freedom. It's incomplete. It doesn't make it bad. Just like for Jesus to say, don't love your loved ones more than me, that doesn't make them bad. But answer that question for yourself, or let the Lord, rather, let the Holy Spirit speak to you and show you how you can open yourself more 
to make yourself more free to receive him and then to respond to him. Freedom is growth in truth and in goodness, and it finds its perfection in God. So do we. So do we. The Lord creates us with that thirst for knowledge and that desire to know and understand. That's why we ask the hard questions in life, the hard questions that no one seems to have an absolute answer for. He created you with that just like he created you to know, to choose, and to respond to him. When we do so, leaving the rest behind, keeping the commandment of having the Lord first in our life and no other gods beside him, when he has that place of primacy, then everything else falls into place. If he doesn't have first place in our life, everything else will fall apart. We've all experienced that to some extent. That's what makes us not free. That's what makes us, as St. Paul would say, slaves to our sin, to our passion. You know, we have a God who redeems and ransoms us, and we are no longer slaves. We are no longer ensnared in our sin. We're free, so live the freedom. Choose that freedom. Make yourself more free to know, to love, and to serve none other but God and God alone. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.